podcast uh, coming your way through SoundCloud and jconline.com. Mike Carmen, uh, cover Purdue Sports for the Journal and Courier. And today's podcast, we are going to focus solely on Purdue football and spring practice, which will begin Monday. And a reminder that only the first three days of practice are open. That would be Monday, February 24th. Uh, Wednesday, February 26th, and then Friday, February the 28th. Practice uh, begins around 4, ends around 6. But those will be the only three days that uh, fans will be able to watch, along with the media. We're shut out as well. And then the spring game on April 4th will be the only other opportunity to see what's going on uh, in spring practice. And uh, it's different than it has been in the past. Uh, Jeff Brom has opened uh, most of the practices, all of the practices since he became the coach uh, prior to the 2017 season. But I think what's in play this year is Purdue has uh, three new defensive coaches, uh, probably you know going to put in a new scheme, and uh, they really don't want the world to know what they're doing right now. Now, that all goes out the window the first game or – whatever they would show in the spring game, which is usually not a whole lot. But uh, football coaches are uh, creatures of habit, and the habit is to keep things locked up a- as much as possible. Uh, so if you're going to get out there, you got to get out there uh, the first week uh, to kind of see what's going on. Not sure what you will see, how much you will see, uh, other than a bunch of guys running around in shorts and, and jerseys and uh, – uh, you know, maybe gauge a little bit. I don't, I don't anticipate them showing a whole lot, but um, we'll see once we get out there. But uh, going to do try to do an extensive preview today about what to expect at spring ball. It is spring ball, so you got to keep that in mind, uh, and just you know try to set the stage uh, for for who who's back uh, uh, and uh, maybe some newcomers that uh, will. Will be out there uh, this spring. Going to start on the defensive side of the ball, and as we mentioned uh, earlier, uh, three new coaches uh, on the on that side. Uh, Bob Diaco is the defensive coordinator, replaces Nick Holt. Uh, he you know he has extensive experience as a defensive coordinator at Notre Dame and Nebraska and some other places. He was at Louisiana Tech uh, last year. He's also served as a head coach at Connecticut. So yeah, I think he has a strong background. Uh, he has run some three four. Uh, alignments uh, during his tenure is that what he puts in for Purdue Uh, we won't know may not know Uh, it depends how much they show in the first week but uh, if it's a 3-4 then you know I think they got a good start on the on the defensive line with some of the some of the guys that got coming back if it you know if you need four linebackers not sure Purdue has four right now that uh, you would line up and, and and go after it but uh, Bob's uh, Bob's also going to coach the linebackers as well, uh, along with being the defensive coordinator. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see his style, uh, his coaching mannerisms, uh, his how he teaches, uh, and then see that all come together. Maybe a little bit in the spring game, but probably really won't see a whole lot of it until 
uh, you get to that first game uh, against Nebraska uh, in early early September. Uh, the other new coach on the defensive line, uh, uh, Terrence Jamison, uh, he was at Air Force uh, last year. A team Purdue will play this season in the non-conference. Uh, Jamison played at Wisconsin uh, back in the day, and uh, he'll have some uh, some pretty good parts to work with uh, initially with George Karloftis, uh, Derek Barnes, assuming he stays at the defensive end spot. Uh, Lorenzo Neal, once he gets back and healthy, you've got a little bit of depth there with Anthony Watts and – uh, Lawrence Johnson, along with some other guys that really haven't played yet. And so he'll be in charge of that group. And then the third uh, assistant, uh, uh, Marty Biaggi, uh, I believe that's how you say it. He'll be the special teams coordinator overall, but also serve as a defensive uh, assistant. Uh, and, you know, that, that will be his, his role. Now, uh, we, along with Nick Holt, Reggie Johnson, and Kevin Wolheisen uh, were not retained uh, by Jeff Brom. So he he made some uh, he made some wholesale changes on the on the defensive side. Uh, you could tell probably at the end of the bowl game, after they got beat by Auburn at the end of the 2018 season, that this was probably the direction that Jeff Brom was heading. Uh, the defense, you know, for for a variety of reasons, they they were injured and lacked a lot of depth toward the end of that 2018 season, and then you, you get into 2019, you had the meltdown at Nevada. Uh, where Purdue had a big lead but couldn't hold on, and then they were defensively they were they were pretty spotty throughout the year. But um, you could probably see this coming from a mile away that a that he was going to change uh, coordinators with Nick Holt, uh, but also probably make some other uh, changes uh, on the staff looking to to get this defense um, headed in the right direction. And you know if it can get back to the level it played at uh, in 2017. Uh, during Brom's first year, I think um, I think that's uh, that would be a great start uh, for Purdue. But uh, on the defensive side, we touched on a little bit on the defensive line uh, with the, with George Kaloftis at an end, Derek Barnes at an end. Um, again, you know Barnes has, has some linebacker experience. Uh, I believe he's going to be listed as a defensive end to start spring practice. Uh, whether that continues or what the long range plans for him are. But I always try to leave that open because he does have linebacker experience, and they do need they need help there. He may you know he may just stay at stay at one of the defensive ends. And the other thing that we'll we'll have to find out is the terminology and what what Diaco uses, and will the will the uh, Leo position still exist in some form, or will it be called something different, or will it not exist at all? Um, and if you're playing three down linemen, you know you you would look at Barnes and Kaloftis at the ends, and Lorenzo Neal once he's back healthy, you know he would he would be an anchor there. Uh, but you know it's just going to be interesting to see how that works in the in the three days that uh, uh, we'll be able to watch, and you know how how that all comes about. Now I'm not anticipating Lorenzo Neal being out there. Uh, he didn't play last year because uh, surgery to his knee. You know, he suffered that ACL injury uh, against Indiana at the end of the 2018 season. Didn't play uh, at all last year. Didn't practice very much. Tried to practice going into the Wisconsin game last year. Uh, but then uh, no one has really come out and said uh, whether he re-injured his knee um, or another injury. But 
you know, I, I'm not anticipating him participating in spring practice, at least initially. And I would be surprised uh, if, if he did it, did it all. And there's really no reason to put him out there, even if he would be a hundred percent healthy. Uh, but you know, we'll kind of see how that plays out. And you, you do have some guys that can fill in there with Anthony Watts and, uh, uh, Lawrence Johnson, uh, and you know, other guys are coming back as well that, uh, you know, if you, if you go four down linemen, as opposed to three, um, you know, Jeff Marks is going to be back. Uh, Branson Dean was kind of a, a hybrid guy that uh, play, could play inside uh, and outside. Um, you know, Robert McWilliams is expected back. Jack Sullivan is expected back. Uh, Jack Kravak uh, is expected back. So, and you've got guys that didn't play last year, like uh, Dante Hunter, who would probably be looking more at an in position. Uh, K.J. Stokes is another guy that uh, should be back. Uh, you, you've got a lot of bodies, but where they fit and how they fit into Diaco's system uh, kind of, you know, kind of remains to be seen. And that's, you know, that's probably an, an once you once you kind of figure out the alignment, uh, then you can kind of start filling in the pieces there of of who may play and what role they may play uh, as you get a little deeper uh, into this thing. But that's something we may not know. Uh, at all, as I said, until maybe the first game, because I, I don't anticipate a lot of practices being open, even when they once they get to training camp in uh, in the fall. And you know, we've talked about the linebacker position. Diaco's going to coach that, and um, you've got some guys back uh, that play. Jalen Alexander is is one. He was he was he was productive uh, for the most part last year. Uh, was in on a lot of plays. Um, I mean, he he would probably be your most uh, uh, your most experienced guy right now at linebacker, uh, based you know playing at least at the Big Ten level. They did get a, a junior college uh, linebacker, uh, uh, Demarcus Mitchell, who who needs to come in and make an immediate immediate impact, whether that's in the middle or that's uh, at one of the other positions. Uh, we don't know yet for sure, but. But he's a guy that they, you know, that you're going to be counted on to play uh, immediately. And history will tell you that junior college players usually take time. And some of that is, uh, you know, when you look at the recent junior college players that have come to Purdue, uh, a lot of them have been on the offensive side of the ball where there's more to learn, uh, all that kind of stuff, where, you know, defensively there's not as much to learn, so maybe the learning curve is a little shorter and a guy like Mitchell can step in there and, and, and play immediately. I would expect him to be out there early uh, with the first group and then uh, along with Jalen Alexander. Um, you know, uh, Elijah Ball was listed as a linebacker last year, but I'm, I'm not sure where, where he's going to end up playing. He's kind of been a guy without a position ever since he got here. He's floated back and forth between safety and, uh, and linebacker. Uh, some nickel back as well. Uh, so curious kind of where he, he ends up. Uh, to me, the key question on, on, in the linebacker room is, does Jalen Graham move from safety or nickel to an outside linebacker? Or does he, does he do both? Um, there, there seemed to be a, a movement last year where he, w- he was headed toward an outside linebacker position I'm not sure that he jumped in with both feet. 
with that or the coaches didn't put him in that position to jump in with both feet at the end of last year. Uh, but he's kind of one I'll be looking for during the open practices to see who he's working with. And he could work with both groups. Uh, but with the need at linebacker, wouldn't be surprised if he if he jumped in there and, and played a little bit more linebacker on, on the outside. Because I do think, and we'll get to the secondary in, in, in a little bit, I do think they have some some bodies uh, in the back half that, you know, the whole goal is to get your best guys on the field. And I think Graham can be one of their best guys. But there's also guys in the secondary that can be their best guys as well. And if you can move the pieces around a little bit and get – uh, get those guys on the field, it, it will it will benefit you uh, in the long run. Uh, Samisi Fakaseki um, is a guy that played well last year when uh, Purdue got hit by injuries. And, you know, Marcus Bailey goes out, and they've had some other injuries last year. Uh, but he, in the games he did play well, that is when they played uh, traditional football teams, Iowa, Wisconsin, uh, where they, they, they lined up and, and ran the ball at you. Where he struggled was against spread teams. Um, and can he stay on the field and, uh, against uh, spread teams is, is going to be the question. But when they did play the Iowas and the, and the Wisconsins of the world, uh, I, I thought he held up well. He was one of their better players uh, during that stretch. Uh, he made a lot of plays. Um, and he, he's, a, he's a versatile guy. He can play some men for you as well. Uh, along with linebacker, so he's a guy that can move around and fill in some spots uh, based based on injuries. But I, I thought he finished the year pretty strong, and I thought he had a, you know, when he got in there, he was able to to make some plays and, and was productive. And I would I would think that at least early on, he, he's a guy that they're probably going to lean on a little bit. To, at least he has has some experience there that they can that they can rely on. And then some other guys, kind of the lookout for uh, Khalid Saunders. Uh, saw some time last year, big guy, but clearly wasn't ready to ready to play for an extended periods. Uh, he was another situation where Purdue had to put him in there just to to kind of see what he could do because they were you know they needed some bodies there. Uh, so with a year of seasoning and the off season in the weight room, you know maybe he's a guy that can step up a little bit. Jacob Wahlberg uh, is another guy that. Um, it would be someone, someone to watch a little bit and see where, where maybe he could fit in, uh, to this group. Um, you know, a guy that signed with Purdue or maybe signed with Purdue. We're not really sure because, you know, a lot of secret stuff goes on with signings and gray shirts and blue shirts and purple shirts and orange shirts or whatever they call them. Uh, Chase Triplett, I think will be in camp, uh, in the spring. He's a guy from Michigan city that was part of Oh, Brahms 2018 class, I believe, uh, may have signed something. Uh, he has been in school. Uh, I would expect him to be on the roster. Um, you know, I'm not sure how high they are on triplet, uh, but at least he's at a position where they, where they need, they need some bodies and, you know, he's had time to, to, to work on his body and get it in a position to play. So, He's just, you know he's one of those uh, curiosity guys that you just you see if he you know if he's capable of doing it, and then um, a guy that was brought in last year, uh, but was injured, Krishan uh, Long, Long uh, didn't play, hardly practiced, and again uh, curious to see where he's at uh, when when things uh, get started. Uh, moving to the secondary, 
Um, again, I, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I think they have some guys back here that can that can play and that can contribute. I, I saw. I think we saw some good things from Cam Allen uh, at, at one of the safety positions last year. Um, they started to just to play him a little bit more. Uh, got a targeting penalty, I believe, against Penn State, but um, he's a you know good sized kid. He does hit hard. Uh, I, I would expect him to be uh, part of the first team group. You know when they when they get things going there, because I, I do you know I do I think he has a pretty bright future here uh, at Purdue. But you you also have some other guys uh, with uh, some experience uh, at at the safety position or in the secondary in general. Uh, that uh, that they're going to lead on. You have you know Simeon Smiley's back uh, for another year. Uh, where he ends up, you know, I thought he'd play a lot more corner than he did last year, but he didn't. Uh, he played nickel, played some safety. Uh, so uh, he, he's a guy that that can move around a little bit as well and fill in some fill in some holes. You know, they they, they are going to they did lose Navon Mosley, uh, one of their captains. Uh, so they've they've got to fill that, vo- that void, and you know the other safety guy that uh, we really didn't get to see a whole lot of last year uh, because he got injured was Marvin Grant, and uh, I think he's a he's a guy that I think can um, similar to Cam Allen uh, getting in there and just and just playing, and I think I think he's a hard hitter. I think he brings some uh, physical presence to that position. Uh, young guy, I think he's e- he's eager. Uh, to get in there and prove that uh, that he can do it, and you know when we're talking about moving Graham maybe down to a linebacker spot, you know I think you f- I think you feel good at least on paper looking at it with Cam Allen and Marvin Grant uh, in, in those positions, and uh, we haven't talked about Brennan Thieneman who has a lot of experience uh, and is a smart player, usually doesn't make mistakes, uh, and he's a guy that can that can get in there and, and provide some leadership in the back half. To make sure guys are lined up right, uh, and all that and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, again, until we see it, we're not going to know for sure. But um, you know, I think you know the safety spot. I is I think is headed uh, in the right direction. When you look at the cornerbacks, you're going to have Kenneth Major back, Diedrich Mackey, um, you know, two guys that are probably a little bit undersized, uh, but do have a ton of experience. They do bring a physicality to the position. And, you know, those are guys that have been hard to, to unseat. Now, Corey Trice moved from safety to cornerback uh, early, early in the season, and, I, you know, I think that was a good move. I mean, Purdue gets a little bit more length on the corner uh, at that position, and he's a guy that, you know, made some plays against Maryland, uh, you know, big interception return. Uh, and, I, you know, I just think the more experience he gets at that position, that's really going to help them and the back half. And if you can get, you know, if if you can get some more pressure up front and uh, allow these guys to to cover for extended periods of time, you know, I think that's gonna that's gonna benefit. So I mean, I I think the the secondary, at least, you know, based on looking who's back and who, who's going to get ready to contribute here, um, you know, I think uh, you know, I think I think they're in good shape. I I, I think they're in good shape right now. But there's still some unproven commodities there uh, that need to step up and play and 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 produce uh, on a, on a consistent basis. And you know both their coaches are back. Anthony Poindexter will still handle the safety position. 
Greg Brown's going to uh, coach the cornerbacks. So you'll have some continuity there to keep to keep those things uh, keep those things going. So that's kind of a look at the, how I see the defense right now. Shifting to uh, the offensive side, I don't you know there there are question marks here. I don't you know think, but that I, there's more on the defensive side and the fact that you're putting in a new a new system. I believe the, you know that's going to uh, I think uh, create some intrigue on that side of the ball and to see you know see if any guys change positions and all that kind of stuff. But offensively, you know, you start at the quarterback position. You know, Jack Plummer is the kind of the number one uh, question mark. You know, suffered a broken ankle against Nebraska in early November. Had surgery. Uh, appears to be doing okay. Uh, he was introduced at a basketball game last month, and no boot seemed to be walking fine. But how much does he participate in spring? Is he fully recovered? Do they limit his reps? Uh, you know, no one is. No, we're going to compare him to David Blau because David Blau suffered a, the similar injury and then was back at spring practice in, in a in a quick period of time. And you know, no one's expecting you know Jack to to do the same thing, but I, I would expect him to be out there. It's just a matter of how much. And they don't, you know, I, I don't believe they have a lot of quarterbacks right now, so you can't uh, you can't lean on one guy to to handle all the reps at, at the quarterback position. But it's a big spring for Jack to to really take hold of the the number one position. You know, I believe he he would be the number one quarterback right now uh, if Purdue had to go play a game. Uh, he just has that kind of, you know, he has that kind of experience. And I think as the year went on, uh, when he replaced Elijah Sindelar, you know, I think he, he was getting a lot more comfortable uh, knowing when to run, knowing when to throw. It's just unfortunate that he, he suffered uh, the injury, but the injury opened the door for Aiden O'Connell to come in and kind of be a bright spot at the quarterback position last year. He'll, he'll be back. Uh, you know, I, uh, I, I won't be surprised if Jeff Brom says, well, we got an open competition now. Uh, he likes to do that with his quarterbacks, and he probably should do that. He, I don't think he needs to anoint Jack Plummer as the number one right now. And uh, you have to think O'Connell's confidence really grew uh, with the way that he played uh, in leading a couple fourth-quarter drives uh, to get Purdue victories last year against Nebraska and in Northwestern. Uh, so... You know, you, you have to think he's coming into this year wanting to compete for the starting job, thinking he can be the starter, uh, and that's that should make Plummer better uh, with that competition. And, you know, both those guys, and we'll get the receivers, you know, down in a little bit, but both those guys should have, you know, a David Bell and a healthy Rondell Moore to throw to, and that's going to make the quarterbacks even better uh, when you have both of those weapons uh, out on the field. So I, I would expect a, a competition there. Um, and I, that's going to probably carry over into training camp and uh, the, the, the way had, the way Jeff has um, handled the quarterback position since he's been here. You know, you're probably uh, not going to know, uh, know the starter until uh, before kickoff uh, against Nebraska. So we'll have to have a backside report. You know, I don't, I'm not sure the offensive, <laughs> the center will be going into uh, into the 2020 season. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, elsewhere in the uh, quarterback room, you got Paul Perferi back. Uh, he'll be um, uh, – he, he would probably be the number three guy right now. And then they, they did uh, get a walk-on uh, quarterback, a transfer from Dayton, uh, Jack Albers, uh, originally from Louisville. 
uh, and he, he's he's going to be a guy that gives them an arm uh, in spring practice. And there might be another quarterback or two that show up uh, in the spring that that would be walk on, but uh, those are the four that uh, that I know about right now. And you're, you're going to get uh, you'll add to that room in the in the summer when uh, the quarterback from New Jersey, uh, Michael Alemo, uh, shows up, uh, giving them another uh, another arm. It is surprising that a, uh, a quarterback is not here in the spring or a freshman quarterback is not here because usually that's that's the path they take. They get here early, learn the offense. That way they're kind of ready to go once summer summer starts and then you get into training camp. Uh, it just kind of puts them ahead. But and, and I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Jeff Brom's still out there looking for uh, a, a more experienced quarterback to bring in here as well. Uh, in you know maybe a graduate transfer, but that's a tricky situation. Graduate graduate transfers only come uh, come to a place if they're promised playing time, and I'm not sure Jeff Brom's ready to do that right yet. Um, and a lot of the better quarterbacks who have decided to transfer have already landed places. So what do you what would you gain by bringing in a, a graduate transfer? You you'd, you'd almost have to promise him you know playing time right out of the gate. And if you're happy with Jack Plummer and the progress he's made and you're happy with uh, Aiden O'Connell, I don't know if that uh, would be worth it or not. But I do think that's something down the line, whether it's this year or next year, that we'll see uh, at a bronze program. And I think he will be more active in the, in the graduate transfer quarterback market trying to find an experienced guy. You know, you're basically you're putting out a, you know, we're available sign to, to some of the big big guns out there that transfer and, you know, maybe you land one one day and that, that changes that season and changes uh, the, the trajectory of your, of your program a little bit. So I uh, wouldn't be surprised if he got one going into the 2020 season, but um, we'll kind of see how that, how that shakes out. Uh, the running back room uh, has, um, has, a, has some depth. They have some bodies uh, and, you know, I think you, I think your number one running back right now uh, probably would be King Daru. He, you know, he ended up leading the team uh, in rushing, uh, not a whole bunch of yards, but he still led the team in rushing. Uh, Xander Horvath is back. Uh, Jawan Hewitt uh, played uh, sparingly last year, saw some special teams work, but um, he's a guy that's going to be in the mix. And then you got Alfred Armour, who's still. Um, still with the program, uh, more of a fullback role for them, uh, spot duty here and there. Uh, so, you know, they, they, you know, they've got some bodies there. Then you're bringing in a, a talented freshman and Tyreek Murphy, uh, in the summer, uh, who I assume will, will compete for playing time, uh, you know, at, at the, at the position. And, you know, I think they've, you know, they clearly have some bodies there, uh, that they can rotate in. And we've seen over time how important uh, it is uh, to have multiple guys at the running back position. You know, Purdue has uh, endured its share of injuries uh, at that position over the last uh, two or three seasons, and they've de- they've just needed a lot of guys to uh, to to work in there. But you know, I think King Daru did enough last year to to establish himself as uh, the number one guy. But you you need more. 
and you need guys to stay healthy, but you also need the depth in case you have those injuries. And, um, and Purdue needs to get a little bit more of its running game this year. I mean, I don't know how many times last year and even the year before that, where they've, where they've kind of been stuck in short yardage situations and can't get the first down, you know, running the ball. And that's not all a running back uh, issue. That's more of an offensive line issue. And that's where we'll transition to right now, where the offensive line. And we talked about grad transfers a little bit ago. And, you know, that's an area that Purdue has really tried to beef up. Uh, since the end of last year, they were, they've been in on at least three guys that were graduate transfers. Uh, one guy had actually committed to them, uh, TJ Stormit from Colorado state, but then 24 hours later changed his mind and, uh, ended up transferring to Texas Christian, uh, which was a blow to Purdue because, you know, they thought they had uh, another piece an experience piece, but the issue ended up being that. Uh, this this guy wanted to play left tackle. Purdue has a left tackle in Grant Hermans. Doesn't sound like Purdue was willing to budge off that. And uh, Stormont went to um, TCU to play left tackle and thinks that's his path to the NFL where, you know, Purdue probably was looking at him as a right tackle situation um, because they're comfortable with Grant Hermans at left tackle and you know, that's just one of those unfortunate things. But Purdue has been in that market looking for offensive linemen, uh, graduate transfers. Um, they're still involved in that. I would I would anticipate them still being involved all the way through spring uh, into the summer to try to add an experience piece uh, to this offensive line. You know, Hermans has plenty of experience, but once you get past past him, you're dealing with a lot of guys that just don't have a lot of experience right now and you know you lose Matt McCann and you know when you look at the Indiana game last year uh four of the five guys are scheduled to return only McCann would be uh, the one that it, that is not but you know you, your starters last year were Hermans and Mark Stickford and we're just talking about the Indiana game then Sam Garvin was the center and then Will Bramah was the right tackle and all those guys are back uh they do bring some experience You've got other guys that, that played throughout the year last year with Cam Craig and uh, Jimmy McKenna, Eric Miller, Mark Rowland uh, played. DJ Washington uh, saw some action before getting injured uh, and, and missing the rest of the year. Victor Beach was the center until he suffered a back injury and missed the second half uh, of the year. So it's going to be interesting, number one, how they line up the first day, uh, who's who would be the number ones at that point, uh, and then how, how it rotates in. But I, I think for this offensive line to take another step, and it needs to take another step. I don't think there's any question about that. It has to take another step because uh, the run game was not very good. Uh, pass protection wasn't great. Uh, but I think for this offensive line uh, to take to take the next step, it needs, it needs another experience piece. And – it really doesn't matter where that piece plays. Just they need another piece. They need to, they need another piece on this offensive line uh, to kind of push them forward a little bit. Um, you know, I think the guys that are playing right now, you know, have made progress, but I just don't know if they've made quick enough progress to to really um, 
help take this offense uh, to the to the next level. And Purdue has good skill players, and that that can carry you a long way. And you know we've seen in Brahms' first three years, he, he's kind of schemed around uh, the offensive line a little bit. Uh, but you, you go back to the first two years where he had he was able to land some grad transfers in those first two years to help uh, solidify things up front. And I thought the first two years, the offensive line held up well. Uh, it wasn't overly great, but it wasn't overly bad. And I thought, but I thought last year there was regression uh, in part because of who was playing and guys didn't have a lot of experience and uh, you, you give up 10 sacks against Penn state. Now, not all that's on, on the offensive line, but the inability to run the ball consistently, the inability to get short yardage, uh, to me, that falls a lot on the offensive line. And, you know, the, I, I think this was an important year for the offensive line. And it, it needs to show progress. But, you know, adding an experience piece would really um, would really help them <laughs> do that. <coughs> Excuse me, in, in, a, in a big-time way. Uh, mentioned the receivers a little bit ago. You know, the biggest, uh, to me, the biggest question coming in is how much Rondell Moore will participate in spring practice. Uh, you know, everything I've heard, he seemed, you know, I think he's healthy. I think his hamstring is healed. Everything's good. Uh, but, um, I, I would not anticipate him practicing every day. Uh, you, you, you are still trying to protect your franchise a little bit. Uh, so, uh, but he needs to get out there and do some stuff and, uh, kind of prove to himself that he, that he's, he's ready to go. Uh, so, um, it'll be, uh, uh, interesting to see how much he is out there. I, I, you know, he, he really needs to get out there and, you know, he's part of a, a group that I think is, uh, that has some depth, you know, has some depth, has some talent. You got David Bell coming back. He really benefited, uh, kind of took over the, the main role when, uh, Rondell went out and ended up having a fabulous year, big 10 freshman of the year. Uh, you know, it's interesting. Purdue's had a freshman lead them in receiving, uh, the last three years, you know, you go back, Jackson Anthrop did it and then Rondell Moore and then David Bell. Now, if a freshman was going to lead him this year, that's probably not good news, uh, for Purdue, but yeah, I think getting Rondell out there, getting back, um, in the swing of things is good. David Bell, you know, he's a guy that, you know, is finding stuff to work on and needs to work on certain things. And, you know, I would ex- expect him to be, uh, active uh, out there. Uh, you know, the one guy, a little bit of question about would be Jackson Anthrop. I don't, he, he had a foot issue, uh, at the end of last year, he played through it. Um, I believe he did have some surgery, uh, and whether he's getting ready to go for spring, how much he would participate, uh, still remains to be seen. He doesn't, he doesn't need to practice a whole lot. He knows what's going on, but knowing the type of kid he is, he will, he will get out there as much as he can. Uh, without trying doing any more damage there, but you know you've got Ahmad Anderson back. Uh, he, he stepped up, made some plays last year. Milton Wright uh, is another guy that I you know needs to take that next step. You know, and the um, you know a couple guys that didn't play last year because of injuries. One is Marshawn Rice. Uh, you know, he, I think they were looking at him early, at least early on, uh, of getting into the mix, getting into the rotation. But uh, he had he had a couple injuries that held him back, and then uh, the slot guy T.J. Sheffield. I mean, he he was a guy that was on the uh, 
um, the first road trip to Nevada. Did play a couple plays. Uh, had a really good camp last year. Uh, the way he caught the ball and the way he ran uh, led you to believe that he would he would be and be a guy that would be active. But uh, he suffered an injury and uh, ended up you know not being able to play last year. But you get him back healthy. Provides a, a great backup to Rondell Moore at the slot slot position. He can also play some outside, as most of these guys are, are versatile enough to do that. Uh, to me, the key question at the receiver position is: Does Jared Sparks make a move? Uh, he hasn't been able to stay healthy. Uh, he got in the Iowa game, I believe, last year after missing several games, and you know re-injured himself. And so, you know, he's a guy that moved from quarterback. Now he's a receiver. He's probably been passed over by David Bell, Rondell Moore, uh, even even some of these Ahmad Anderson to some extent, Milton Wright. But where does where does Jared Sparks fit in kind of the receiver group right now? Uh, he's a competitive guy. He's got he's got some talent, um, and he can give you some really good depth if he can stay healthy and then if he can if he can perform. Uh, so I, you know, I think this is a big spring for him to see kind of where he fits, uh, into the whole, into the whole picture of, uh, of the receiver group. Uh, you've got Corey Taylor back. Uh, he has not shown a whole lot so far, uh, big kid, but probably needs to toughen up uh, a little bit more, uh, to, to really, to get on the field tight end position. Uh, you know, they lost Bryce, uh, Bryson Hopkins, you know, he'll be, he'll get drafted, uh, this year, he's him and Marcus Bailey are at the uh, will be at the NFL Combine uh, next week and doing their thing, running their forties in their underwear and doing all do the, doing all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, uh, replacing Hopkins is uh, uh, that, that's going to be a big deal. And uh, Purdue's got some uh, some experience there with Payne Durham, a uh, guy that just caught touchdown passes last year. It seemed uh, Garrett Miller, uh, Kyle Billado. Uh, you know, I, 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 I like those three guys. I like kind of where they're at, um, kind of what they did last year, you know, mostly in practice other than pain. But I, you know, I think they've got a good group there. I, I don't know if they have a Bryson Hopkins in that group right now. Uh, but I, I, you know, I think they're solid enough, uh, at least, uh, to get you through spring practice and then get you into some, uh, get you into training camp with, uh, some experience there. You know, the kicker is going to be JD Dellinger. You know, special teams not a big deal in 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 spring practice. Uh, you know, you got both your punters back, uh, you know, Brooke Cormier and, and Zach Collins, uh, and be curious how that that competition runs out. You know, there'll be uh, several newcomers, uh, you know, true freshmen that are here right now, uh, being at, you know at, at spring practice. And we talked about Demarcus uh, Mitchell. Uh, I'm not sure the status of uh, the second junior college transfer uh, cornerback uh, Giovanni Howard. Uh, I don't know if he's uh, been all the way cleared to to do anything uh, right now. Uh, so he he's kind of a mystery guy. He would he would add to the the secondary and add to the uh, the cornerback position, uh, but I just don't know if he's going to be able to participate in. Uh, in spring practice, I, it, I don't believe it's an injury-related thing. It's just I don't know if he's if there's an academic issue there 
that, uh, that he's still dealing with. Um, and then, uh, you had some other early enrollees that will go through spring practice. You know, your receivers are Malik Carr, um, and Abdur Raham Yassin. I believe that's how it said that Purdue got him signed at the last minute after he had committed to Northwestern. Now, Marcellus Moore, uh, he's a guy, he's here early, but he's with the track team uh, right now. Uh, so I don't know how much he's actually going to participate in spring practice, but he's a speedy guy. Uh, not very big, uh, but he's got a lot of wheels. And, you know, just recently, uh, it was Saturday, up at an invitation at Notre Dame, he won the 200 meters. This is indoor uh, in 21.25 seconds. And then I uh, finished second in the 60 meters in 6.78 seconds. Uh, when I talked to uh, Norbert Elliott, the, the head track coach at Purdue, for a story I did on Raheem Mostert, uh, he, I talked to him about Moore, and he believes that Moore eventually will break some of Raheem's records on the track, uh, if he, if he sticks with it, but his availability for spring football is, you know, it's kind of unclear right now where, how much he'll do with football. Um, but he would seem to be a guy that once you get into the fall would be a good, good guy in the return game, maybe to, to, to get involved, but also, um, you know, they tried that with Rondell Moore last year, but the injury kind of stopped that. And they spent a lot of time in the offseason with special teams, the return game, trying to trying to put Rondell Moore in a position to break some plays and and, and help with field position and, and, and you know, maybe spark uh, the offense. Uh, offensive lineman Gus Hartwig is here. Uh, Jeff Brom had mentioned during signing day that um, they would probably try him out at center initially. Uh, to see how things went, um, you know, if he's a guy that can handle that position, I I think that's fine. He's he's got good size. Uh, he's he's really committed to doing it, but it's really hard for true true freshman offensive lineman to come in and play immediately. But if the, if he ends up the best you best you got, then you do it. Uh, so it'll be good for him to get that get that experience and uh, and get him uh, out there to kind of see what uh, what he can do. Well, I mean, I think we ran through about every position. Probably didn't mention, probably left out somebody that uh, um, I shouldn't have. But you know what? I can't cost them a college scholarship because they all have them right now. Uh, but uh, that's kind of a kind of a, a deep dive into into spring practice and you know what what we may see and. So some of this is guesswork right now because we don't know uh, based on uh, the new defensive staff. We kind of know offensively what uh, potentially might happen, but you know, defense uh, defensive side is kind of the mystery and who fits where and will guys change positions and um, and how will they be utilized and all that kind of stuff. And you're not really going to know. I don't know if we'll get enough out of three days of practice to, to come to any, to come to any conclusions or we'll have to wait till we get deeper into it in, in training camp uh, and or going in, in into that first game to see exactly, you know, how they're going to line up, how they're going to play uh, and, you know, where their, where their true strengths and weaknesses are going to lie. I mean, we do know that they need more help. Uh, they probably need another, they need a graduate transfer at linebacker. 
Uh, they need graduate transfers at, at, at a lot of positions, but the three key ones are offensive line and linebacker, uh, you know, number one and number two, and maybe another defensive lineman. But, um, you know, I know they're out trying to do that, but whether they get that done or not, uh, we just don't know. Again, if you have questions or comments uh, about the podcast, uh, feel free to, to drop us a line. Uh, mcarman at gannett.com. Uh, you can hit me up on Twitter at Carmen underscore JC. Uh, and spring football practice starts Monday. And remember, only the first three days are open, uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then uh, they'll shut it down until the spring game in early April. And, uh, you know, it, the other thing for us to watch is, okay, how did, you know, what did, what did they line up like those first three days? And then when you go to the spring game, anything different, anything stand out type of thing. Um, and, you know, the bottom line is they want to keep everybody as healthy as possible uh, just to get them through, uh, get them through spring practice uh, and, uh, you know, get them ready for the summer and then, and then into uh, training camp. All right, well, we appreciate you you stopping by and listening to the podcast. And uh, feel free to uh, comments or questions. You know how to get a hold of us. And uh, we'll be back probably later in the week uh, after basketball. Purdue plays Indiana uh, on Thursday. Uh, Hoosiers won on Sunday, uh, adding uh, more intrigue to, to Thursday's game. Uh, just on a basketball note, you know, Purdue basically needs to win out, in my opinion. Uh, to, to push themselves back in the NCAA tournament conversation and then do a little bit of damage in the Big Ten tournament to, to wrap up a spot. And that's, you know, it should have started against Michigan, but it didn't. But it has to start against Indiana. And uh, they'll have a rivalry game to, to, to get that done. Otherwise, uh, you know, Purdue might be headed to the NIT if it can have a, a decent enough record uh, to, to get in that field. Anyway, we'll, we'll be back after Thursday to, to recap what happened in the rivalry game with the Purdue and Indiana. Once again, thanks for, thanks for listening, and uh, have a good day.